This is Antonio Gibson, and you are listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today, a great friend of the podcast, a great friend of the radio show, a great friend of mine you know, in the fantasy world and IRL. His name is Scott Barrett. You can find him on Twitter at Scott Barrett DFB. He works at FantasyPoints.com, which is our great friend and a colleague over at SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, John Hanson's site. Scott people who've been on the podcast over there from Graham Barfield to John Proctor to you name it, man. It's a great hive they got over there. And Scott has some great work, including his My Guys column this week that you can find over there at Fantasy Points, as well as insight from guys like Adam Kaplan, Greg Cosell, et cetera, et cetera. So find it all at Fantasy Points. You can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Barrett DFB. Scott, what the hell's going on, brother? Hey, thanks for having me on. No, man, it's great to have you on. So let's talk about your – my guys call them right off. I know you can't give away the goods. You can't, uh, nobody's going to buy the, no, no one's going to buy the cow if they can get the milk for free, but let's just give them a little taste of some milk. Uh, let's give them a little t- and, and, and this is one that I really wanted to talk to you about because a lot of your guys are my guys. One of your guys who's certainly not one of my guys, certainly not one of my guys who seems like he's like one of your most guys would you have the most conviction on is Jacoby Myers from NC state. I mean, what is it that you love so much this year coming into the season about Jacoby Myers? Because in these drafts, Nelson Aguilar is a guy that I've looked to draft in the 13th and 14th round thinking that, man, this could be a team's number one outside weapon and nobody wants him. It seems like you've sort of identified some value there in the Patriots passing game as well, but you're going in a different direction with, with, with Jacoby Myers. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like Nelson Aguilar too. He, he made all that money. So there's a chance I'm wrong on Myers and it's Nelson Aguilar. Who's the guy that's, that's fine. They're both basically free. So in a lot of FFPC, you know, football guys, players championship main event leagues, you know, I'll, I'll draft both just in case I'm wrong, but no, Jacoby Myers is one of my highest owned wide receivers. Like I said, he's been free, but I expect that to change last week or, or last night. He led all, Patriots wide receivers and snaps with the first string offense. He played on 15 of 17 and he looked awesome. He's been one of Cam Newton's favorite uh, targets. He was targeted four times through two games on uh, 15 total throws. Nelson Aguilar. I don't think he has a single target and maybe only one other target for uh, a non Jacoby Myers wide receiver. Uh, he, he went off last night, three catches, three targets, 56 yards and a score. And uh, yeah, I, I just believe in his talent. I've believed in his talent for a long time. Uh, one of my PFF buddies was at New England Patriots camp, uh, his rookie season. And he was like, this guy is way better than Nikhil Harry. And it isn't even close. I, I think he's, I think he's awesome. And so just digging into to Myers, 
yeah, you, you look at his numbers from last year. He's an obvious touchdown regression candidate, whatever. He averaged 7.3 targets, 65.6 yards per game from week seven on, whatever. Uh, digging deeper into the advanced stats, wow. So he was deemed open on 86% of his targets, according to PFF charters. That ranks second best of 77 qualifying wide receivers. He finished the season 12th in yards per route run. That's one of the best stats around 25th in PFF grade. And here's a crazy stat from week seven on he ranks second in yardage share. It was Devonte Adams, Jacoby Myers, AJ Brown, Allen Robinson. That's a, a great list to be on, let alone number two. So what happened that didn't really translate into fantasy points. Why? Because if you look at who Cam Newton was last year, he was literally Tim Tebow. Like you take Tim, Tim, Tim Tebow's career per start stats, and it was the same player except slightly worse all around. So, you know, the passing game was dead. It was a, a high volume, a, a, high, a, lot, a lot of runs, not a lot of passes. So low pass volume, very low efficiency. So ideally you get a Mac Jones in there. And I mean, you know, 38.9% yardage share. And that, that changes dramatically and really translates into fantasy points. We know that the slot wide receiver in a Bill Belichick offense has been money for fantasy. Of course, the Tom Brady effect, you know, Wes Welker's no slouch. Julian Edelman's no slouch. But from 2007 to 2019, the starting slot wide receiver ranked 10th, 10th, 1st, 21st, 2nd, 8th, 15th, 14th, 7th, 17th, 26th. 12th and ninth in fantasy points per game. Those are some crazy numbers. And, and so that's what I'm chasing there with Jacoby Myers is I think the likely starting slot wide receiver in new England's offense. No, that's good. That's all good. I mean, as, as you expect from Scott, that's good shit. I mean, he backs up his points. Uh, my, my only, my only concern, my only concern is this one. I, um, I'm not sure how long it is till we see Mac Jones. You're saying that you don't think that the Cam Newton stuff, I mean, you're just as happy with Mac Jones and they're throwing to you. Jacoby Myers. I mean, I, I would personally think that that's an upgrade, um, but some of that analysis was sort of sort of based around Cam. And then my, my other question is, what about when Johnu and Hunter Henry both get in there? Are they going to move? Are they because they're going to probably run some two two tight end sets? Do you worry at all about his ability to move outside? Do you think that they'll play him outside at all? Uh, no. So I, I am banking on Mac Jones being an inevitability starting at some point in the season and everyone getting a major upgrade. I think that's important. I think that's going to happen. Hunter Henry. I think he's dust. Like, I'm sorry. I, I loved him. <laughs> okay. I, I loved Hunter Henry. I think he's just cooked at this point at following multiple, you know, pretty bad knee injuries. Um, and yeah. And so you get Mac Jones in there, James white. I'm boosting him by like, let's say 3.2 fantasy points per game. I think that's massive. Damian Harris, no more, goal line uh, vultures from the quarterback. I think that's massive. That's like three, three to four fantasy points per game. And then the receivers, I think that's huge. I, I like Johnny Smith. I, I really do. Uh, but Jacoby Myers. Yeah. I mean, he's free and, and I see face melting upside. So those are the players I gravitate towards. And, and that's, that's why he's one of my highest owned wide receivers, ADP wide receiver 65. Like I'll bet you a hundred dollars. He beats that. 
Oh yeah, I, I would never bet you a hundred dollars on that. He's he's he's, he's certainly going to be a cer, cer, certainly going to be a good value, and you make a compelling case as 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 I would expect from 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 you, Scott. All right, um, what about? I mean, you mentioned Damian Harris a little bit there. I want to talk to you about some running backs, but as long as we're talking about the Patriots, are are you in on Damian Harris? I mean, it feels like with all this Ramondre Stevenson garbage that we're getting in the preseason, that that's might be driving down at least in our cheat sheet simulations, it feels like we're getting Damian Harris at value a little more often than usual. Are you in on Damian Harris? Do you buy the talent? And then do you like him more than guys like say at this point? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm to the point wherever I think I like Damian Harris more than miles Gaskin based on what we've seen with the usage out of these Miami running backs. Do you have any thoughts on him? Yeah. So I I did a big preseason week one review article for the site where I basically just, you know, yeah, Gaskin has plummeted down my rankings. He was a guy I really liked. You know, I I thought he was going to get a similar role to the one he had last year, which would have been hyper valuable for fantasy. And then what I said for the Patriots backfield was I, I see this backfield looking a lot like it did in 2016, where Damian Harris is LeGarrette Blunt getting like 73% of the team's carries. And then James White is going to be James White of 2016. There's no Rex Burkhead. He averages like eight fantasy points per game more when uh, Rex Burkhead's inactive. But I, I'm kind of walking that back. We saw four catches, four targets from Sony Michelle last night. Maybe he's going to be in that Rex Burkhead role. Uh, New England beat writers have been hyping that up all, all off season, and I was hesitant to believe it, but man, you know, he saw that role and he looked good in that role. Uh, Harris, he's really just a, a best ball pick for me. I think he's a, a solid one. I think he's a good one, but uh, he's not a player I'll, I'll draft in typical start sit leagues because I always go start sit. I start sit leagues. I always go RB, RB to start. And then I, I sort of neglect that dead zone, uh, range mm-hmm. where everyone else is taking flyers on guys, you know, it's, it's the, you know, low upside and, you know, low hit rate from that range. And I just question his upside. I mean, you know, what is he? He's a, he's a committee back. He's a, he's, he's going to be heavily game script dependent. He needs positive game script. He needs uh, Cam Newton not to vulture his touchdowns. Um, so n- not really a player I love in traditional leagues, but and a, a great, Basketball pick. Yeah, so you so you don't take dead zone guys. Talk, stop me when we get to a dead zone guy that you might pull the trigger on that you might go against your own rules to 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 draft. DeAndre Swift is falling into this. What do we are we call the dead zone three through seven? I mean, I arbitrary arbitrarily defined it as like my tier four running backs and beyond. Okay, we're, so we're really tier. It, it ends for me at Chris Carson. No, at the end, at the end of round two, like Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And that's why I'm oh. going RBRB in like 99% of my leagues. So, so J.K. Dobbins and Montgomery and these guys just aren't in consideration, like uh, DeAndre. I mean, they're, they're, they're in consideration. Like both are very close to that tier, but mm-hmm. I, I do have them the next tier down where J.K. Dobbins, like he's, he's like a poor man's Nick Chubb and I don't like Nick Chubb. So that's not a compliment. (laughs) So last year I I said, hashtag vault me, JK Dobbins will lead all running backs and yards per carry. That made me look smart, but like, that's not, that's a nothing call. It's just, yeah, I think he's going to be hyper efficient because he's great, a great fit for this offense. Uh, Konami code quarterbacks help, 
ground game efficiency for the running backs. The question is volume. Like if, if Gus Edwards is taking, you know, 45, 40% of the team's running back carries and then Lamar Jackson's vulturing an additional 33% of the rushing touchdowns and Konami code quarterbacks don't target running backs. It's like, where, where, where's his upside? Like, are we really banking on, you know, a hundred a hundred rushing yards on 12 carries consistently? Like, so I don't know about that. Uh, David Montgomery is a tricky, tricky guy where if he is who he was after the Tariq Cohen injury, he's one of the best picks you can make. If it's a committee with, you know, Cohen when he's healthy, stealing all the passing down work, or perhaps Damian Williams and something akin to that role, that's, you know, not at all attractive. And he's like fairly priced, I guess, but I, I just don't like those lower tier running backs. I want bell cow running backs who play all three downs or have heavily involved in both the, the running and passing game have that massive league winning upside. So that's, again, you know, I, I'm RB RB to start in like 99% of my leagues. It's, it's, it's just optimal. And all the, all the numbers I have back that up. The 2021 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed as long as you follow the rules, the three simple rules that a toddler could follow. This sheet is magical, it's mystical, it is mythical. It is the Rosterwatch cheat sheet only at rosterwatch.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Yeah, uh, just one other question about these sort of dead zone guys. Are are you warming up to Daryl Henderson? Are you cooling off on him? How is your sort of how is your mentality um, on Daryl Henderson sort of evolved through this through this preseason? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely warming up to him. Uh, he initially really scared me just because uh, two of my biggest misses last year. Ronald Jones in round nine, I thought that was an awesome pick, even though he's, he, you know, didn't have bell cow upside. I just thought, you know, this Tampa Bay offense is going to smash and he's so cheap. And then Clyde Edwards, Elair as in the Brian Westbrook role. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. And then, you know, <laughs> Leonard Fournette, Le'Veon Bell get cut. So I, I'd be kind of waiting to see what might happen. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just, like it, he could be a bell cow. And then even if he's not, even if he's just the RB one in this offense, which should be a freaking awesome offense. Uh, there's a lot of value there. I, I'm still not really drafting him, but definitely warming up to him. I have Clyde Edwards Lair and sort of his own tier that is between the Ecklers and the Najee Harris's and the, you know, Antonio Gibson's and stuff like that. And the Chris Carson's, the David Montgomery's, et cetera. Are, are you, are you, are you, you know, you're, you were big on Clyde last year. Are you, are you diving back in the pool this year at a much cheaper price? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, a lot of the criticisms people raise, I think are valid. Like, Hey, maybe he's just not as good 
as we wanted him to be. Hey, maybe there's just not that much upside for a running back in this offense because, you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't need to target running backs as often as Donovan McNabb did because he's the best quarterback in football. And then Tyreek Hill's going to vulture some rushing touchdown and like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's fine. You can like, you could, you could price all that in and he, he still feels like a value to me. Uh, I still really like his upside. I still really like his odds of finishing as a low end RB one. So yeah, he's definitely someone I, I've, I've come back around on and, and have been drafting whenever you start these. So whenever you start these drafts, you like to get two running backs at first to me after what, what do you think? What do you think about Aaron Jones? I, it, uh, it feels like people are starting to kind of come around on him. I've never been a guy that's drafted Aaron Jones super early. I've always been a little bit worried about his touch share and you know, just various, always been various issues with Aaron Jones this year. I'm finding it harder and harder to pick holes in you know, his, his fantasy uh, in his fantasy profile, I mean, to me, he feels like he's RB6. Do you have thoughts on Aaron Jones this year? Are you typically high on him? And sort of where do you have him? Do you have have him going in the first round? Because it feels like I'm a little bit high on him based on the simulations. We can usually get him at pick nine, pick 10, something like that. It feels like like terrific value to me. Yeah, so I I wrote like 10,000 plus words for my bell cow report (laughs) where I just went in deep on all of the top 25 drafted running backs and then the dead zone RBs I do kind of like. And uh, I, I was shy. Like I, I, for whatever reason, I was saving the Aaron Jones blurb for last, I guess because of the Aaron Rodgers situation. And oh, right. surprisingly, it was the most difficult write up for me. Like I didn't expect that at all, but it, it ended up being the most difficult where it's like, what, what do we make of AJ Dillon? I can't get that one game out of my head where Jones was fully healthy and it was a blowout, but Dylan saw like 20 plus carries twice as much as Jones. And even if you adjust for the blowout, you just look at the first half, you know, Dylan massively out carried him. Uh, Jamal Williams is gone. You, you, if you give away all of Jamal Williams targets to Aaron Jones and like 50% of the carries, it's still not a massive bu- uh, uh, bump for Jones. But what happened was Jamal Williams, played on a lot of empty snaps. So if you look at it by snaps, like it, it is a big boost to Jones. Like he just played a bunch of snaps and just didn't do anything there, I guess, because of pass blocking or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So in my guys, like I am dangerously high on Joe Mixon and, and Antonio Gibson. And that's been the case for, for months now. And so I, I have a lot of subscribers who are like, Hey, what do, what do I do if I'm at the whatever, do I just take your guys or, or should I just defer to ADP and take an Eckler or Jones who I have below them? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I said what I'm doing, you, you could do whatever you want, but what I'm doing is, right. yeah, if I'm forced into that, you know, I, I'll take Saquon if he's there, but if he's not, I, I'm not afraid to go, you know, Gibson, then Mixon and have it as my round one, round two running backs where for, you know, for the subscribers, it's like, well, that feels really gross. Like I'm giving up so much value, but I think by the end of the preseason, a lot of people are going to be there. I, I think Gibson's going to climb into the, into round one. And, uh, and so that, you know, people are like, yeah, damn, I wish I did that. And are, are, are you buying into this? I mean, you and I have been talking about Antonio Gibson oh my since, God, his, yes. since, his, yeah. since his senior bowl. Um, yeah. but, but so clearly, I mean, I, I'm, I'm big on Antonio Gibson this year as, as well. But I mean, are we get, like, did you see the um, 
did you see the quote? Did you see the quote from Scott? Or no, it was who was it from? It was the quote from the backup quote. What's his name? Kyle uh, Kyle Allen. The quote yeah. from Kyle Allen about saying that Scott Turner wanted to make him like just like Christian McCaffrey and you, utilize him in the same way. Something along those lines. I saw that and I was like, Jesus, you know that this is this is big time. But is it coach speak? What do you think? I mean, it it, it can't be bad to hear that kind of thing, right? Yeah, well, first of all, I own Antonio Gibson in a ton of my dynasty leagues <laughs> yeah. at a price of free because you put me on him well before the combine. So <laughs> right. uh, big shout out and thank you for that. Yeah, so that was interesting, the the Christian McCaffrey comparison. But guess what? We got the Christian McCaffrey comparison from both Ron Rivera and Scott Turner last year when they drafted him. Uh, and that was always the plan with Antonio Gibson. The plan was... Um, so Scott Turner said in early November, uh, physically he can do everything. Antonio's our guy. We're going to continue to give him the ball. I believe in him. We don't want to get him to the point where he's overwhelmed. So his role is going to continue to grow throughout the year. I, I maintain that if Gibson stayed healthy, he would be drafted in, at like 105, 106, one like what happened was he got hurt, but we saw his role continue to grow just as Scott Turner described where in week 12, he saw season highs in snap share carries targets, fantasy points, 20 carries, seven targets, 36.6 fantasy points. What happened the next week? He got hurt. And then he spent the remainder of the season, either inactive or listed on the question or questionable on the injury report. You take that injury away He's continuing to see 20 carries and seven targets, things of that nature on that. Like there is no way he's not a top six pick, but because that injury came in, people missed that. They wanted him in that McCaffrey role and they were prepared to continue to where it would have been like a David Johnson rookie season, which is what I said pre in the preseason as well. And I think we're looking at like a David Johnson sophomore season with Antonio Gibson this year. All right. So let's just say I would guess I would guess, Scott, that what you really like in these home leagues is to be able to get a top five, probably a top five pick. If you're not going to pick up the turn and go maybe do a little bit of what people consider reaching for the Mixon Gibson duo, it would seem to me like maybe you'd want to get like a Derrick Henry or a Camara or something like that, and then maybe wait until the 2.06 and probably hope that a Mixon would fall. It feels like Mixon would fall. Maybe Gibson would fall, right? If you get off to a start like that, you get your two running backs. Let's just put yourself in the per- – is, is, is that the best start for you? Is that the kind of start that you like the most? Like one of the high-end – one of the highest of the high-end running backs along with one of your two guys that you're super high on Mixon or Gibson. Is that the kind of start that you like best? Yeah. I just drafted an FFPC league and I I didn't draft McCaffrey. So that means I'm not going to win. Like I I just think McCaffrey is like the all time. The Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah. Yeah, Literally where he like breaks snake drafts. He should do an auction draft. You should do a third round revert because it's so unfair Two years ago, I finished 15th in the Football Guys Players Championship. So I won like a couple thousand dollars. First place was like 500,000. But I had the best non-McCaffrey team. I just didn't have a top two pick. So it it wasn't possible. But yeah, so uh, 
uh, I, I drafted a team last week. I had uh, Dalvin from 102, and I had Joe Mixon 211. That's ideal. In NFL.com leagues, uh, Mixon and Gibson are both going in round three. So if you can get like a – like McCaffrey, oh. Gibson, Mixon would be like the oh. most perfect start of all time. The holy trinity of stars. Well, you're, you're not going to get that very often. But let's just say you yeah. start out – let's say you start out, you get a Dalvin, a McCaffrey, one of these high-end dudes. I, I don't know how you stack up Derrick Henry and Kamara and Zeke or stuff. But let's say you get, let's say you, you get one of those guys – and then you come back around on the turn, you get an Antonio Gibson, or you come back around in the kind of the middle, middle to late part of the second, you get an Antonio Gibson or a Joe Mixon. Now you're going to be pivoting to wide receiver, right? I would, I yeah. would guess, unless Travis Kelsey or somebody, or I mean, what if Waller fell? Would you be interested in him? There? Yeah, yeah, I would. Okay. Even in these non FFPC, even in non tight end premium? Uh, I, I, I gave you my tight end preference before the show. So like, because he's there and he's a value, although he's climbing, uh, I, I typically would rather have him, but, um, add value, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Waller's no slouch. He's definitely in the conversation. Like him a lot. Okay. Uh, and I, I forgot who Scott's tight end preference was, but you, you can definitely go find it in his, my guys call him over there at fantasy points. Um, whenever the, uh, whenever you get to there, is there, a, is there a wide receiver that would be just like you say, Holy shit, this is perfect. I can't believe so-and-so fell to me here with my first wide receiver pick here, here in the third. Um, no, but in the fifth it's, it's Adam Thielen. I have no, idea why he's going in round five of ffpc leagues but he, he's going super late this year that makes no sense to me uh for that round three range like yeah, like, I, a, like a mclaurin a cd lamb a keenan allen um, yeah i mean i mean i love i love terry mclaurin he ranked uh eighth in fantasy points per game prior to an ankle injury he played with two high ankle sprains at the tail end of the season that's crazy. Like no one does that. But anyway, so before the first of the two high ankle sprains, one on each leg, he had uh, uh, he ranked eighth in fantasy points per game with like the worst quarterback core. And we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick uplift his wide receiver one time and time again. So uh, definitely like Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Did, all right, but you didn't go into much detail about Thielen. What what is it about Thielen? You just you think he's just going way too late. I mean, do you like him? Do you like Adam? Would you prefer Adam Thielen over guys like, I mean, Chris Godwin and stuff? Uh, is yeah, he, I would. Okay, what what is it? I mean, is it just? Can you talk about Thielen? Yeah. So his ADP is wide receiver twenty one, and it's just like really as simple as this. Over the past four seasons, Thielen has finished eleventh, seventh. He got hurt and then 11th in fantasy points per game. And so the year he got hurt, 2019, he was averaging 17.3 fantasy points per four quarters. That would have ranked seventh best, but he had a hamstring injury. So he missed a bunch of time. He was a decoy, you know, only played on seven snaps in one game, whatever. So 11th, 7th, 7th, and 11th in fantasy points per game. That's just like a massive floor. Really good odds of beating that wide receiver 21 ADP. Yeah, Justin Jefferson's a god for sure, but he's also now going to be drawing elite CB1s in shadow coverage, giving Thielen the more advantageous matchup. You know, Kyle Rudolph's not there. Thielen's Kirk Cousins guy in the red zone. It's just like just stupid ADP. 
If you had a final question for you, Scott, and again, you can find him on Twitter at Scott Barrett DFB. You can find his content over at fantasypoints.com. Please, if you're not following Scott, you certainly should be. Not only is he a great friend, but he's a great resource and a great source of fantasy football intelligence for you that's very, very, very active on social media. That is at Scott Barrett DFB. All right, Scott, final, final question. You need an upside quarterback for the 2021 season. You, you don't necessarily need this person to be your quarterback to start right off, but it's a late round guy. Is it Jalen Hurts or is it Trey Lance? Oh, yeah. So those are those have both been my guy quarterbacks for many months now. <laughs> uh, but no, it's 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 Hurts. If, if I have to pick, it's definitely Hurts who you know has the ad, uh, advantage in terms of starting week one. Um, but yeah, I, I, one of my all time best calls was Lamar Jackson two years ago where I, I, I put down MVP bets on him. Only player I bet the entire off season bet it in multiple months. Uh, I said he was the best value in drafts at any position, highest on player. And he smashed, I'm seeing the exact same things I saw with Lamar Jackson that I'm seeing with Jalen hurts. You know, one of the most productive runners uh, running quarterbacks in college football history last season he averaged 24.8 fantasy points per four quarters 11.3 rushing or 25.9 fantasy points per game in games started and finished uh that would have ranked eighth best all time or it would have ranked best all time depending on which of those two stats i just referenced so he doesn't just have high-end qb1 upside he is overall qb1 historically great levels of upside and then you just factor in you know the uh, upgrades to the receiving core last year everyone was hurt they weren't good and everyone was hurt now you have a healthy dallas goddard a healthy zach Ertz, devonta smith who won the heisman last year quez watkins coming into his own jalen rieger in the slot and man it's just it's just you know everything's pointing to this guy being an immense value and one of the best picks you can make in drafts.